You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 92 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Hewart, and as always, I'm with the exuberant Jeff Gargas. Exuberant. Yes, that was submitted by one of our favorites. She was just on our podcast. Do you remember when we had Rochelle on Teach Better Talk? Yeah, oh, is that what she got you, was exuberant? She actually sent in a number of different words, but I'm going to save them because I'd like to highlight her a few more times in the Teach Better Talk future episodes. That was such a good episode. Make sure if you haven't, go back and listen to episode 89 with Rochelle. Such a good episode. So much value there. No, she was 89. That seems like forever ago. I know. We're at 92, Ray. Like, this is nuts. I thought that I could have sworn she was like last episode. <laughs> no, she was 89. She was a couple episodes ago, but it was an awesome episode. So make sure you go show show Rochelle some love. She's she's phenomenal. So absolutely. Thanks. You know, Thanks, Jeff, Rochelle. I, I was really enjoying this podcast. We have an amazing educator that we highlight. And that I had this moment thinking about how this is releasing in early August. And I was actually posting on Instagram during our recording um, that this was releasing in early August, even though right now it's actually like the very beginning of July when we're recording this. And I was thinking about, gosh, when I'm in August, I'm going to have such a different mindset of what I'm focusing on than I am right now. Mm -hmm. You know, like early July, I'm still like vacation mode. Like you're leaving on vacation (laughs) in a few days. Yeah. And like in mid August, I'm going to be thinking about like, all of the things on my to-do list because <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about that my students are going to be in my classroom in like a week and a half. So I guess my my like beginning sequence as we were brainstorming what to talk about, you know, our guest did a great job advocating for herself, which I do talk about at the very end of the episode and how we originally connected with her. But how are we going to encourage teachers to accept the fact that the beginning of the year is crazy And it's okay to advocate that you need support or you need help from those around you. Yeah, I think it all comes down to just remembering that you're not alone and that you that you don't have to be alone. There's a support system. There's and and it's it's good. We're not to sound cliche, but we're better together. I mean, that's just the truth. Um, I think you actually talked about in this podcast, you mentioned at some point, like, we don't all need to be out trying to reinvent the wheel. We can all work together to do that. We can all work together to collaborate and and and, and share. I think there's this thing that I've noticed a lot, Ray, and it's that I think teachers, because of a couple of things. One, I think the type of person that's drawn to teaching is also highly likely to be a, a, at least some form of, if not a full-on perfectionist. Um, but also there's a level of a sort of um, – expectation of themselves to be great at what they do and to to be ready going you know i mean teachers are the are the people who teach every other profession in the world so i think a lot of teachers when they first get in or even when they've been in for a while they feel like i can't go ask for help i can't go look for this because i should already know everyone everyone thinks that i already know i don't want people to think that i don't know what i'm doing i want people thinking that i'm that i'm not as you know on the the cutting edge of things as as i 
you know, said I was in my interview or whatever. And I think we really need to try and have that conversation more to get teachers past that and realize that it's all right to ask questions. That's actually, in my opinion, that puts you more on the cutting edge than anything else. If you're willing to go ask for advice, if you're willing to go seek out answers and admit that, hey, I don't know that and that's okay because now I get to go learn something new. I get to go connect with this educator. Like that's such a big piece. And it all starts with just simply reaching out. Like you said, advocating for yourself and saying, Hey, I really like what you're doing. I want to connect. Can we talk? Can we collaborate? Can you help me with this? And you're going to find that 9.999 out of 10 times, that person's going to say, yeah, let's do it. Let's connect. Let's let's work together. Let's come up with something awesome for both of our kids. And I think, you know, uh, Brianna is a, a great example of that as a teacher who's not afraid to say, hey, I want to connect. I want this opportunity. I want to I want to learn. I want to grow and, and do that. So I, we, I'm glad that we touched on that in the in this episode i think it's a great episode to be coming out at this point right now at the very you know as everyone's listening is getting ready to either already in the craziness of august or, or getting ready to start diving into really like get, getting into their classrooms and start putting things together and stuff so i think it's a great point ray i think that's a very important conversation that we need to have more often and uh in in more depth in my opinion absolutely do you mind if i share a quick example yeah do it So I had talked to three teachers today on the phone, like scheduled phone calls, and they all three had either emailed me or direct messaged me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Like who knows how they reached out, but three specific teachers. And I had everything from a 45 minute phone call with one of them to a six minute phone call with the other. And all of them were on the phone shocked that that our team took the time to connect with them and and that we were available for a phone call. But the reality is, is like everyone needs a brainstorming buddy. Like the, the six minute phone call I had was with Sandy, who shout out to Sandy is an amazing educator. And she just wanted to like reaffirm and give herself permission to do a few things differently this year. And she wanted to confirm that if she made some of those choices, that it was still going to be supportive of the direction she eventually long-term wants to be working towards. And I just love teachers that say, okay, I'm going to put myself out there. It's going to take three seconds to message someone who I have a very strong passion to collaborate with. And in my mind, there's two things that could happen. One is you never hear from them, right? Maybe they're too busy. They don't get Mm -hmm. to their messages. And the other is they respond and you end up getting to connect with somebody who you're eager to brainstorm with. So whether it's a teacher down the hall that you're always a little nervous to ask a question to because, you know, you don't want to bother them or someone on social media that you're learning from and you just want to send a message to have a quick six minute phone call to affirm that you're on the right path. Like these are such valuable things and it's okay to do them. We like Jeff, we connect with a lot of people. Would you say that we do? Yeah, I'd say a fair amount. Yeah. I don't know many of them who would be bothered if you reached out to them. Do you? No, I really don't. There's, I no. really, I really don't. And I'm thinking even like everyone from somebody I met yesterday to people in our network that are, you know, published authors, you know, people that I like am so <laughs> like nervous when I talk to them and not all of them are so eager to have people reach out to them. So I just want it's a little tip for our August nervous teachers. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid it's, to ask. Can I can I share a story about I, I have a story that I love telling. I haven't told in a while about the power of asking. I'm not sure no, if you've I heard this one. Yeah, go so, for it. So so in a, in another life, I was in uh, the the world of sales and in, in uh, insurance and securities and stuff like that. And 
I had a mentor of mine, the guy who brought the company over to Ohio from California, and he had just purchased this one night, this day, he had just purchased a brand new S500 Mercedes, right? So like this beautiful Mercedes. And I'm 21, 22 at the time, I think it's 20, 21 at the time. And we had a late night, we were, all, we were trying to hit some sales goals for the end of the month, so like we were all there like finalizing all this stuff, so we had to review all the forms and all, all this, so like we just make a night out of it, so it's like late night. And me and one of the other guy, young guys, we were going to go for a food run for everybody. And I'm just goofing around, and I jumped in, the guy's name is Mike Bocci, and so we called him Bocci. And I like leaned into his office and said, Bocci, can I get the keys? And I put my hand up like to catch his Mercedes keys, and he threw them to me. And I looked at him, I'm like... Uh, are you serious? He's like, yeah, do you have insurance? I'm like, yeah. He goes, there you go. I'm like, no, no, are you like serious? He goes, yeah. Are you covered? Are you insured? I said, yeah. He goes, that's the power of asking. Have fun. Wow. I've never forgot that story. I'm like, that was the power. And that was the best Burger King run I've ever had in my life. Because that thing drives like a Mercedes because it was a Mercedes. <laughs> I was 21 at the time. I'm like, this is crazy. Uh, but that's like, it, it, that's a, like a fun, like silly thing. But like at the same time, it's a powerful, powerful lesson of the power of asking, like just ask the worst thing they can do is say no. And the best thing that could happen is that you get the keys to a Mercedes. Yeah. No kidding. So go get your Mercedes. That's what I'm trying to say. Teachers. I love that. Hashtag go get your Mercedes. <laughs> That's yeah, get your Mercedes. I love it. Uh, or hashtag ask for the keys. How about that? Ooh. Ooh. I think I like both. We're gonna have to go with both. Yeah, let's go with both. Let's go with both. All right. Uh, I extended us a little bit longer. Let's talk about so so this is a great episode. You already mentioned some of the awesomeness in here. Brianna Shaner is a fifth grade math and science teacher. She's got a really cool background about her seven years in education and she calls herself a seventh seven year first year teacher and i'm gonna let her share why that is but i love it i love the outlook that she has on things super great episode i love her energy anything you want everyone to take away f- from this I, we, are, we already touched on sort of the asking for support advocating for yourself but anything else ray or should we just get into it you know, I just love her perseverance. Let's get into it and enjoy her story. She's a great educator, and you should go connect with her to be a part of her journey. Here's episode number 92 with Brianna Shaner. Hey, what's up? It's Jeff. We're going to get right back to the episode, but how does $50 sound? Head over to teachbetterconference.com, look for the two-day registration, put in a discount code, podcast talk, and you're going to save yourself $50 off registration. We're going to see you in November 8th and 9th at the Teach Better Conference. And right now, let's get back to the episode. All right, we are here and we are talking with Brianna Shaner. And Brianna, it is awesome to have you on. Been in uh, part of our PLN for a while in the Facebook group, on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, you're a fellow Ohioan here. Yes, uh, I am. So super excited about that. Uh, really excited to have you on the podcast, and uh, we know you listen to the podcast. So it's really cool when you get to come, when you know somebody who listens comes on and stuff like that. So super excited to talk to you. Before we get going any further, I got to ask you, just, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. We're having a I'm blast. I'm doing awesome because we were already like giggling before. Yeah, we really were. We're having a good started. time. Ray just went on Instagram and was like bragging and all excited because you you guys are connected on Instagram and we laugh and. Yes. <laughs> you know, Brianna, anytime I get to do a podcast with Ray, it's just, it's, it makes my life better in so many ways. I love ways. when you lie to me. It's so sweet. I just, you know, she brings, <laughs> y- you might say, you might say that she's a ray of sunshine in my life. <laughs> you might say that. 
Might be lying, oh my gosh, Jeff, that. we don't even need you for this podcast right now because Brianna is has so much that she is going to share and she's just such a teach better team, like family member. Like you can just sit back, Jeff, and relax, sip your coffee you could just started drinking. You could just take the day off. All right. See you guys later. <laughs> but could you remember to still like edit and do all the other stuff for a podcast that I don't do? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm already gone. Oh, I'm, I'm not here anymore. All right, Brianna, we're going to start with you rather than um, make it fun of Jeff, but I want to make sure that our listeners get to learn all about you. We are going to have so much fun in this episode. So would you mind sharing with us how you typically answer the really challenging question of kind of describing everything you do? Yeah, so I'm getting ready to start my seventh year as a teacher. Um, I will be teaching fifth grade math and science. Um I actually am what I consider a seventh year, first year teacher. Um, That is because I have had seven different placements in my teaching career. So every year I have gotten to start over um, because of my husband's job or district movements or just movements within a school. Um, I've gotten to work in places like uh, St. Augustine, Florida. I've worked in central Ohio. I've been in Southwest Ohio. And I've gotten to teach everything from fourth grade language arts to seventh grade reading. And a while I taught a sixth grade math and language arts split. Um, On top of teaching, I get to be a wife to my husband that I met in seventh grade. That's a long story about how I got in trouble for talking during class and had to move to sit next to him. Um, And I am a mom to three kids, um, all of them under the age of four. So I definitely have a super full schedule. I have my hands are full, but my heart is super full as well. Superhero over there. Jeez. (laughs) Three under the age of uh, four. Yeah, I have a four year old, a three year old and a six month old. Wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, handful, and, and talk great. about marrying not 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 even you didn't even marry your high school sweetheart. It was like your seventh grade sweetheart, huh? I know, I know. <laughs> he he's a good one. He was a keeper. I couldn't let him go even then. That's awesome. So I, I'm really excited to ask you the one of our first questions here is with with seven years. But you said I, I like how you say that like a seven year first year teacher. So a lot of different changes, which that brings a lot of challenges. Uh, it over, does. A, a lot that probably repeat themselves over and over again, but even as you learn along the way, like the, the shift in and the change in and the movement brings its own challenges every time. You don't, you don't necessarily get that chance to really like settle in. So so can you share a story with us uh, that you've had a failure or, or a big challenge that you had to overcome? Kind of take us there with you. What happened? How did it make you feel? How did you overcome it? And then what did you learn from that? Yeah, so my <laughs> – The biggest failure I always think of was my first formal evaluation. It was when I was teaching down in Florida and they had just switched over to a new evaluation system. Um, So, you know, of course, tensions are really high between all the teachers, Um, just trying, everyone wants to be perfect. And I think that's what's really cool, but also hard about being a teacher is you work with a lot of perfectionists that want the highest box checked in every single category. And so I spent so much time trying to create this perfect dog and pony show where it was like, this is going to be the best of the best. And I'm going to prove to them that they made a great decision hiring me. And um, I (laughs) was at school like every night until nine o'clock for like two weeks, trying to come up with different stations and different Lexile levels of reading and um, different things to do to sort of make sure I was the best of the best. And it fell flat on my face. Like, it was the worst. Like, kids were not paying attention. They had no clue what was going on. It just wasn't, it wasn't a lesson that was true to who I was. 
Um, I still remember this little boy in my class leaned over and goes, yeah, Miss Shaner, this lesson is not going well. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And of course, my administrator was sitting right behind him. So that was great. Um, but I definitely learned from that point that there is such thing as too much of a good thing. Of a good thing. Um, it can be a bad thing. Like, and obviously always stay true to who you are, you know, do your best and that's all you can do. So what was it that you think, what did you have too much of? Was it trying to do too many new things at once to like up your game or was it too much, uh, too many stations? Was it too much technology? Like what, what was it too much that you put in? It was too much technology, too many stations, too many reading activities, too many different things trying to go on at one time with not enough yeah. clear instruction. Gotcha. Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> when the I student, learned my lesson. <laughs> when the student takes care of your evaluation for you, basically, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just, that was great. <laughs> all right, so let's flip it. Let's let's talk about a successful moment now. This doesn't have to be any – it can be big or small. It can be whatever you want. But tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you? And then what did you take away from that experience? Yeah, so I call my successes my mic drop moments. So those are like moments where like I could drop the microphone, walk out of the classroom and be done teaching because my teaching career would have ended on a high note. Um, so I had a student last year who had severe anxiety so much so that like he would not come in the classroom. It just it, it didn't work out well for him. Um, he just was really scared to come into the classroom in any class. Um, and I knew that obviously I can't teach him math if he's down the hall or sitting outside of my door. So with um, the help of his special educator and um, some additional aides, I was able to get him in the classroom after a few weeks, but he would sit underneath a table in the back of the classroom. And I'm like, well, maybe he's listening. Maybe, you know, things will end up turning around for him. So at one point um, I was making my rounds, just like walking around, talking with students, figuring out where they were, what they needed help with. And I looked over and I saw that he was completing the math problems underneath the table, but he had the stuff and was doing great on the problems. And so finally, um, I went over and I'm like, look, if he's not going to sit in a desk or anywhere else, and he's not going to engage in communication, I'm going to, I'm going to go over there. So I got underneath the desk with him and sat there and we got to talk. And that's what's so great about um, independent practice time where students are going through self-paced lessons um, is you have that time to work with those students. And so I got the chance to sit and talk with him um, and he was doing so well. And I'll, I had to get up to help another student and I looked back and he was gone. Like he wasn't behind the desk anymore. And I was like, oh no, like what, where did he go? What, what happened? And I look and he had gotten out from underneath the table, had moved across the classroom and was sitting next to another girl and was helping her with the math problem. And it was mm -hmm. one of those moments where like tears start welling up in your eyes and you're like, oh my gosh, success. And it was definitely a mic drop moment. I could have dropped the mic, walked out of the class and been totally fine with the end of my career being that day. I want a mic drop moment. That's <laughs> awesome. I'm sure they happen more often. Yeah, but I just think that that is, is a perfect description of an educator that feels that success. It's like the mic drop, right? Everybody uses like gifts all the time. That would be it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So when you're thinking about all these pieces that you even highlighted in your success story, right? Like differentiating for students, kind of meeting them where they're at. Um, Jeff, I feel like we talk about this all the time when we're working with teachers is, you can't actually make progress if you don't meet them 
where they're at, wherever their reality is, it has to be where you start. And it's the same for students. Mm-hmm. So it's a really, it, it's totally the truth that, that that's how we start building relationships and then therefore create purposeful learning experiences for our kiddos. So what's fueling your fire? I mean, besides these mic drop moments, you know, on, on the tough days, on the days that they don't feel like you really got a full mic drop moment, like what's keeping you going? What's exciting you about education? I think this push for personalized ed- education Um, It definitely is a concept when I first started teaching that I would have rolled my eyes at because, you know, how on earth am I supposed to provide a personalized education for all of my students? Like, that sounds insane. Um, But being a parent, I've always said, makes me a better teacher. Um, And that's because I now see why personalized learning is so important. Like, my two oldest are so totally different. I mean, even just at home, like, I can't imagine having those two kids in the same classroom and trying to teach them. Um, So just the idea of now that we have all this um, different technology that we can integrate in the classroom and all these different methods of instruction, like the grid method, um, that are allowing for us to reach students where they are without having to like sit down and say like, okay, student A needs this, 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 and this, um, and allowing them to take ownership in their own learning Um, And it allows you also to have those time to build those personalized relationships with each student. Jeff, I feel like we just talked about this in a podcast, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like, Brianna, you you have had the moment with personalized learning that I had with personalized learning. We did. We literally just talked about that. We did, right? A few episodes ago. I was like, oh, it's a great idea. It's a good concept, but you can't actually do it when you're working in a school where you have 34 kids in a classroom and every day is different, right? Yes, exactly. And I think you just kind of have to step outside your comfort zone because that's totally the only place that you're ever going to grow is when you step outside of that comfort box and see, okay, here is less. I'm just going to take a chance. I'm going to try it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't. That's fine. But I think if you push yourself to try personalized learning, you'll see how great of an impact it has. And I want to add another layer to that. Like challenge yourself to step outside of your comfort zone. I love how you said that, that that's where growth happens. But give yourself the pillars of support to ensure that you can do it successfully. Like I love that you like threw in the grid method there. But but the reality is, is like whatever fits, I I can promise you the grid method works. I'm totally biased because I use it in my (laughs) own classroom. But if it's not that, if you want to go explore something else, just find something that holds true to those best practice data supported you know strategies to reach students and uh, and find something that allows those hurdles that that we foresee in personalized learning find something that helps you overcome them because that's really what you're searching for are strategies and and a way to kind of overcome the mountains and the and the obstacles that come across when you're trying to personalize student learning right Yes, exactly. So if I was a teacher listening to this podcast, and I'm obviously going to go follow you on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm loving <laughs> your stories, and I'm, I'm sitting back in maybe my car in the morning when I'm listening to this, and I'm maybe reflecting on my own mic drop moment that hopefully I had you know, within the past <laughs> few weeks. I don't know that I've had a mic drop moment within the past few weeks, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping I have. Um, what type of advice do teachers need? You know, maybe they're looking to go into personalized learning if you want to go that approach or 
Or maybe I'm a teacher who's like really hungry for a mic drop moment. So I'm trying to find the next way that I'm going to ensure that I can have that, even if it means getting underneath the t- getting underneath the table and you know meeting a student where they're at. What type of advice do our educators need to progress in that progressive mentality? Well, I think just the whole idea of being a teacher, a lot of us sit back and we're thinking like, you constantly have this feeling of, am I doing this right? Whether you're stepping out into personalized learning for the first time or just being a teacher for the first time in general, you know, am I doing this right? What am I? And a lot of times you look on social media and I know you've talked about this in previous podcasts where it looks like everyone has everything together, you know, like everything's perfect, the perfect fonts, the perfect class, the perfect everything. And I think you begin to feel like you're not who you are and like you haven't worked hard enough for what you need. Um, I think the hardest part of, for me, was as a new teacher, the interview process and seeing your resume and all the hard stuff that you did and not being able um, to say like, yeah, I worked really hard, but rather attributing it to luck, like, oh, it's just lucky that I got this job, or it's just lucky. And I know a lot of people suffer from what's called the imposter syndrome. And you know, the Journal of Behavioral Science says that about 70% of Americans experience this feeling of being an imposter. Um, Kind of like when you compliment someone or like, say like, hey, that's a really cool lesson you did. And they automatically without thinking about it, attribute it to someone else. Like, oh, thanks, but so-and-so does it better. Or, oh, thanks, but I saw this done a different way with someone else. Um, And it also provides you with that feeling of like, hey, I could never achieve or do that myself because I'm just not good enough. And I think as an educator, it's super dangerous because it sucks your ability to step out into that comfort zone of trying new things, whether it's with your instruction or your classroom structure. you know, thinking like, there's no way I could ever accomplish that. And so my advice would be to make a list of your strengths in the classroom. So those things that you know that you've worked for, um, that you've researched, that you've read about, and that you are successful in and make your current, this is where I'm at in my educational career. And I like doing that at the start of every single year. And then from there, Think about your teaching goal. So when I retire from teaching, if I ever retire from teaching, what are my educational dreams? And what do I want? um, What kind of classroom do I want in five years, in 10 years, in forever many years? Um, And figure out what your plan is to get there. Um, Also, don't forget to celebrate your achieving of your goals. And remember that they would not have come possible if you wouldn't have put in that hard work. Wow, that idea of imposter syndrome, gosh, I feel like I see that all the time in other people, and I feel like I fall into that. You were describing kind of what an imposter, somebody suffering with imposter syndrome feels like, and I'm like, oh gosh, I I think I do that, you know? (laughs) I don't think teachers like give themselves credit very often because I feel like a lot of our profession is collaborative and like, let's be honest, teaching is all about stealing from other teachers and putting it all together, right? But the reality is, is that's actually good, right? It's good that we're not all individually recreating the wheel. It's good that we're helping each other all reach our students better. And it's okay to pat yourself on the back and say, yeah, I collected all the puzzle pieces and I actually put it together. Like, that's a big deal. Yes, exactly. Oh, so cool. 
I love it. I was going to ask, uh, Brianna, when it comes to the, you talked a lot about like setting those goals and, mm-hmm. and planning out stuff. Is there any, do you have any tools that you use for doing that? Do you go straight like old school, like pen and paper? Do you use an app? Do anything like that where you, to do sort of your brainstorming, your planning, your thinking years out and stuff like that? Do you have anything like that? I am totally old school when it comes to nice. reflecting. Um, I have like a vision board from when I started teaching of like right. what I want to do someday with my educational career. Um, you know, if I could make a million dollars by standing up and being a motivational speaker, totally, I would in a heartbeat. Um, so, you know, eventually things that I would like to see come to fruition. And I think um, having that in my classroom um, is a great way every day to see like, I'm working hard now because this is what I want eventually. And I'm working hard now because my students deserve it. So that kind of visual, pencil, nothing beats pencil paper. I, I'm just very like, <laughs> I don't know. I like that. <laughs> I, I like it too. I do. I, I have, I have an iPad that I do and I got it. I, I bought it literally because I wanted the pencil. Yes. <laughs> it's just, it was really just so I, I didn't waste as much paper because I, I do it a lot. Like I love, but I love having that. The yeah. aesthetic feeling of writing and stuff like that. So cool, awesome. So you mentioned that you've worked really, you're working really hard, but I don't think you realize how hard you are about to work. This is where <laughs> right. you actually start working here. So we're going to do the next six questions, and as you already know, your goal is to answer all six, uh, each one, and each one of them in 15 seconds or less. Okay. Ready to go? I'm ready. All right. Give us one ed tech tool you cannot live without. Uh, Flipgrids for students or Flowcabulary flowcabulary.com to um, integrate content. Uh, give us a book that you're reading right now. I need to preface this by saying that I am not an Ohio State football fan, but Above the Line by Urban Meyer. <laughs> uh, who do you need to follow on Twitter today? Um, Dave Burgess. I just got a chance to see him speak. Phenomenal. Burgess, Dave. And then um, at Love and Logic. Great classroom management. Awesome. Where did you see Dave? Um, he came to speak at my new school. Oh, awesome. He's yeah. also coming to speak at the Teach Better Conference in November. I know, and I told him I'd see him <laughs> again. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. We're excited for Dave. Shelly's coming too. Yes, I'm just, I'm excited for That's it all. Be a good time. Yes. Uh, uh, sorry, I had to do a little bit of promotion there. Uh, use code podcast talk to save $50. How about that, Ray? Uh, all right, let's get back to this here. Uh, best YouTube channel or website for educators? Um, Focus 3, the number 3. Um, it's talks a lot about leadership and classroom management and obviously called a pedagogy.com as well. I love those. Mm-hmm. Give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher should get into. Um, so reflecting, obviously, I feel like that's a common, but I saw on Instagram the idea of feet up Friday. And if you have really cute shoes, it's a fun way to take pictures of your shoes every week, but I wear the <laughs> same shoes every Friday. So um, actually showing that you're taking the time to sit and put your feet up and not like make copies and do a bunch of stuff. And you're taking time to just sit there and re- actually reflect on what you are doing in your classroom and what's to come. And what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, embrace the suck. So like the stuff that really stinks that you don't want to do, you're going to have to do it anyway. So you might as well make it fun. Oh, I love it. That is great advice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's, that's one of my favorites, right? I'm still trying to focus on what shoes I'm going to wear this Friday to put <laughs> my feet up. Please do. Yeah, I wear the same shoes every Friday, so it'd be the same picture. But one Friday, I will take a picture of my shoes and put it on Instagram. I'm typically yeah. wearing typically wearing. Uh, what do I have on my my 
uh, like slippers is what I'm typically oh, wearing. So see, does that Jeff, work? for some reason, when you started talking, I thought you were going to say what shoes I'm usually wearing on Friday. I'm like, Jeff, how would you know what shoes I was we, wearing this Friday? Right, it's typically the yellow ones. We all know this. Yeah, well, I was I uh, wearing nude pumps earlier. Those are cute shoes. There you go. They are. Yeah. Anyway, well, back to our <laughs> shoe conversation. Embrace the suck. I like Embrace it. the suck. So I have learned so much about you through this podcast. I'm so thrilled. Um, I want our listeners to know you heard, um, I think, me doing a professional development series in our in our Facebook group. And I said in that video that any educator that's listening, I want you to reach out to me because you might be the right fit to be on Teach Better Talk. And you absolutely embraced that and advocated for yourself. You messaged me and said, Ray, I've got a story to share. I'd love to be on Teach Better Talk if you think I'd be a good fit. And I just want to celebrate the fact that you put yourself out there. You had so many amazing stories in this podcast episode, so much fun advice and like little tips and tricks for students. And I just want to just congratulate you and encourage our listeners to connect with you and just continue this learning experience. So would you mind sharing out, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, or something else, kind of how you want um, our listeners to connect with you? Sure. So Twitter's, um, I got really involved in it last year. So it's just Brianna underscore Shana. Um, I am currently reaching out into the Instagram world. And so I have like five followers, <laughs> but I'm working on it. Um, and that is Shana underscore stories. So follow me and it'll be great. And you know, you can find all the links and all the resources and everything we mentioned in this episode over at teachbetter.com, as well as those links to connect with Brianna and keep the conversation going. So make sure you check out the show notes all over at teachbetter.com. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating review, we'd really, really appreciate that. And let's keep taking it one step further. Think of just three of your colleagues who need to hear these amazing stories and share this podcast with them. Brianna, this was super fun. Really glad you came on. Ray and I have had a full day of recording podcasts, and this was a great way to wrap up our day, our night, and end with you. We're super excited to see you in November at the Teach Better Conference hanging out. And just really, really appreciate you taking some time out and and hanging out with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. (laughs) And until next time, let's get out there and let's teach better. Teach better.